Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans. Hi, I'm Jason Neal, one of the co-owners of PW United. I must warn you that the Yellow Block podcast contains some strong language and adult themes. So be warned and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Yellow Block. That's way too positive considering what's happened in the last 24 hours. This is the Yellow Block, a PW United podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network and the final episode of the 2022-23 season I am your pilot through this depressive journey of the playoff uh, semi-final second leg. I've got first officer Sam Edwards with me. Yeah, miserable, isn't it? Hi. Isn't it just uh, experiencing some turbulence as well? We've got Dan. Evening. And uh, baggage handler Matthew Kisby is back with us this evening. Yeah, I'm the most miserable person in the world, so it's rather apt that I'm on tonight. Yeah, it's been a. So we're recording this 24 hours after the uh, Wednesday game. It's been um, it's been tense today. It's been quite tetchy, as a uh, yellow block cohort goes. Um, so apologies in advance if you do feel some tension. But we're all, I mean, we're all still quite emotive. We're all still frustrated, disappointed, angry. Um, yeah, it hurts. It does hurt because, unfortunately, last night we suffered officially the worst collapse in the history of the playoffs. That is the posh way, is it not? Never mind. Since we last recorded, we've played once and, well, apparently we lost once. That's all coming up on the yellow block. Let's get into it then. We can't we can't avoid it. We we've got to battle this uh, head on. I actually listened back to the last episode today uh, because I wanted to see whether or not we'd lined ourselves up in terms of doing a Wednesday and making ourselves a little bit kind of getting carried away. And I actually don't think we did, Sam. We talked a lot about how this could happen. We were fawning up, but we talked. We all talked about the potential of this happening. Is that because? We're posh fans and we know what to expect, or is that just football? A bit of both, probably. Um, I just, 
I just, I mean, I've, I've, I've tried to put last night to the back of my mind as much as I can today. Um, and then it just sort of resurfaces. As soon as I woke up, I thought about it. I'm sure everyone else did and everyone listening did as well. And I just, I'm just so baffled by what the mentality going into it. It was just, it, it was like we were a boxer going into our ring with our arms down just waiting to be hit and hit and hit and hit. And like we'd never been in a ring before against the most experienced heavyweight boxer in the world. It was, it was just, it was bizarre, wasn't it? I mean, we, we, we were speaking on, on WhatsApp last night about how it was the wrong fullbacks to try and play defensive because the previous two games we'd needed Ward and, and Burroughs to attack um, and, and it worked. Um, and I don't know, we just like, we had legs like jelly and, Legs like lead, running in treacle in the middle of no man's land in the case of Clark Harris, jumping five minutes before the ball even got to him and nothing would stick up front. The midfield was just bypassed. We couldn't pass the ball. We had no fight. We had no grit. We surely were expecting that Sheffield Wednesday, you know, would come at us. And you would have thought prepared for the fact that we might be one nil down early on, hoping not. But let's prepare for that. And how are we going to react? How are we going to try and solve it? And And we just didn't. And I mean, it was a disgrace in the second half to not have a single shot um, when we were, go, you know, 2 nil down. And then you just thought we were going to cling on, didn't you? And I think looking back, it does seem like the ref was right to play the injury time he did because it didn't start until sort of 90 seconds in. Um, but whereas on Friday night at the home leg, sort of the big decisions went our way um, and we were absolutely on fire and, and Sheffield Wednesday weren't, it just completely flipped on its head. And we got everything we deserved. Yeah, and it, I mean that's a great summary because ultimately we went through every emotion last night. My um, watch kept asking me what type of exercise I was doing um, because my heart rate was up and down so much. Um, it 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 really, it really hurts today. It does really hurt. I've had people trying to message me uh, that aren't posh fans. Of it, it just yeah, it it, it does. I mean, it, it would always. We'll always remember that night for all the wrong reasons, and we we, we did promise that we we all we all said it will be a memorable night in one way or the other because of the way that the first leg played out, and yeah, I think we allowed ourselves to get carried away in in the emotion of it all. It, it was tough, and Dan, obviously, you know, for those that weren't there, what I mean, what was it like for you inside the stadium? How how was it for those that travelled? Nervy. <laughs> I think there was a, a very clear 50-50 split of fans that thought we were already in the final and, and it was absolutely clean away. And and the other half were sort of wondering how long it's going to take us to collapse. It, it was it was a strange one. I think all in all, the fans are fantastic, to be honest. Um, even through thick and thin, we got behind the team. Um, you know, even up to the, the 97th minute, you know, fans were, were screaming and singing and, and really getting behind the team. And... I mean, they were deflated five times in the end, weren't they? And it's to be honest, I think the performance is a disgrace, and the players should be thankful for the pitch invasion at the end because they wouldn't have wanted to face though they wouldn't have wanted to face those fans at the end of the game. It was appalling, um, and quite frankly, we deserve better. Yeah, and I mean, because we, we'll we'll talk the specifics of the game. We'll we'll talk about the season, etc. Later on, um, 
ultimately the minute we're we're licking our wounds aren't we and and it and it, and it does hurt and and that you know that rain cloud will pass and, and we'll feel positive about this season I'm, I'm sure all of that will come but just focusing purely on last night and the emotion how are you feeling 24 hours later do you know what i was f- almost physically sick at the end of that game i was i went into that game thinking it's not won by a long stretch but when you are four nil up in a two-leg game, you are in a very, very, very strong position, right? So going into that game, I thought, do you know what? They've got to come at us. What we mustn't do is concede in the first seven minutes. And once that goal went in, I thought, I know what's going to come now because I've seen it many, many times. I was physically sick. The first, I think the first leg was probably the, the best atmosphere I've ever witnessed in 45 years of supporting the posh it was mental in london road and i've never witnessed an atmosphere like that before and it was i was proud to be a posh supporter on and i absolutely proud i was proud of the crowd i was proud of how our team played on the night and sheffield wednesday won a rollover we know sheffield wednesday are a good game i was so proud and i've never in all my years of supporting the posh i've never seen a turnaround and a, a complete capitulation. I don't use. I don't like to use the word bottle jobs, but it's hard to talk about that performance last night and say they didn't bottle it because we did not play to our strengths in the second leg. We played to our strengths in the first leg, which is why we were so good. Sheffield Wednesday didn't play to their strengths in the second leg. It was the exact opposite, and it was almost the exact opposite result, wasn't it? In the end, um, having said all that, we were. We were five seconds away from going through towards the end. Five seconds. But again, was I majorly surprised that we conceded in the 98th minute? Perhaps not, because again, that shows some of the weaknesses in our team. But to say, I mean, I didn't even get to eat my Terry's mini chocolate oranges. That's how bad I felt. And anyone who knows me in sweets, it takes a lot to put me off them. But it was... I've I've seen many 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 bad times in my time at the supporting the posh, but was that the worst time? Possibly, I think it was. It, it, I I thought we'd go through, and I thought we'd I thought we'd probably lose. I thought we'd lose two one something like that, but we just didn't seem to go at them at all, and we we just waved a white flag from virtually the kickoff. Yeah, it's, it's certainly got to be up there as. One of, if not the worst experience, I think, for, for most posh fans, certainly the the modern generation and those that have been around for a couple of hundred years, like you, Kisby, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's got to, I mean, it, it can't really, it, everything about that was just set up to be painful, wasn't it? Um, if we if we take it as a timeline then, Sam, before a ball had even been kicked, um, Fergie named an unchanged side for the third consecutive game. And, and you actually said on the last pod, this isn't me calling you out, by the way, I know it sounds like it. You actually said on the last pod, he, he has to start the same. He can't, he can't change it after Barnsley and what happened at home to Wednesday. So perhaps no surprise, but as you touched on earlier, it became apparent very, very quickly that, it wasn't the kind of game for Ward and Burroughs to be playing in that role that they had in the previous two. No, we had to win against Barnsley. And realistically, we needed to win at home against Sheffield Wednesday. You know, we didn't have to win on Thursday night at, at Hillsborough. And I know, I know what you're saying, Kisby, we're five seconds away, but we should have never, ever let it get to that point. It was, it, it was, it was an absolute disgrace that we just folded like we did. 
And, you know, there'll be an inquiry as to why that is, where we set up wrong. Um, should we have should we have played Thompson and Butler from the start? Or if we are playing Ward and Burrows, which which I don't disagree with, because as you said, Tim, I said it on the last pod, it's, it's a confidence thing. You know, it's, managers will not change a winning side in a side that's in form. But you stick with the start of football. You've been playing with that team. And we just, yeah, we just, we just look, we should have been fizzing with confidence going to Hillsborough. And we looked, we looked scared. We looked intimidated. And sure, you know, the referee maybe favoured them slightly more. But then you could say, you know, we got the rub of the green in the home leg as well. And I think, you know, we did start to show a bit more fight in extra time when we started to get some of those decisions. You know, we got a couple of free kicks in quick succession. We scored from one of them. And, you know, we do know about this team only as recently as the Cambridge game. They definitely felt like they weren't getting the rub of the green with the referee. And they just went inside themselves and then started losing their discipline and getting tetchy. And so we do know that's a feature of this team. And it was just so disappointing to see with that, you know, as you say, with that same starting lineup, such good two games in a row. And to go from the highs of the highs of Friday to the lows of the lows. I mean, I think I was I was way more gutted when we got relegated from the championship 10 years ago. I hate years ending in three now. 2013 can do one. 2023 <laughs> can do one. Um, and I was way more gutted then. I, I, I'm surprised at how not massively gutted I am today and I, I I I hope that's not used as a you're not a proper fan if you don't feel hurt and pain. it's just I guess I could kind of see it coming from minute nine I guess I could you know nothing surprises me and I was happy that we'd made it into the playoffs and if you'd have said right you're going to take Sheffield Wednesday to penalties then you'd be like well Blumenet we've done well against a team that as Sky and everyone likes to remind us finished on 482 points and have Barry Bannon and if I hear his name mentioned one more time I think I might lose it um but you know you'd have been you'd have been like yeah they're proud of the team but because of the the way it went it's just it's it's just absolutely abysmal and um and yeah I mean it, it confirms everything I guess we've been thinking all season that we're not ready to go up um but when you do get so close, it, yeah. it, 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 it does hurt. That's the point though, isn't it? Sam? It's the, the manner of the way that that game played out. I think we all knew as soon as they scored that first goal, that how it was likely going to play out. But even before that first goal, Norris was getting ticked off within the first couple of minutes for wasting time, holding on to the ball. And to an extent you can, you can understand that, but the, Jumping back with the personnel, they'd set up the same way, but clearly came with a, a completely different mentality. Do you think that game was lost before a ball had been kicked based on that? And I'm reading a lot into Norris time-wasting there. Of course I am. But so early on? Yeah, I mean, it sets the tone, doesn't it? Darren Ferguson on the touchline as well was a, looked like a bag of nerves throughout the game, you know, biting his nails all the time. And... um yeah, you just took that one goal early on. I think even if that goal comes 10, 15 minutes later, if it comes after 20 minutes, we're, we're, we're probably going to be OK. Um, and, you know, we, we, we did do well to, to, to get in at half-time only two down, actually, um, and, and to take it until I think it was like the 70th minute, wasn't it, when the, when the third goal was scored. Um, so, you know, we did show that we had, a, we had a bit of gumption about us to be able to actually arrest the slide and, and turn it back around. So, so no, I don't think it was lost before a, a ball was kicked. But I, I do think 
as you just said, Tim, you know, the first guy went in, you're thinking, oh, OK, which way is this heading? Because you said that earlier. I think, you know, we all maybe felt that to agree. But the one group of people you don't want to feel that and should have been practising all week about how they would be in different scenarios is the players and the management staff. And it just it just looked like as soon as that goal went in. So, no, not before it was good, but as soon as that goal went in, it looked like it was only heading one way, even with that stable period between goals two and three. And then once the third went in, and even when we scored an extra time, I don't know what everyone else was thinking, but I, I obviously I celebrated um, quite wildly. But then you sit back down and you think, well, hang on a minute. I think I still think this is going to go to penalties. Yeah, it was uh, it was the very definition of a, a footballing roller coaster, I guess. Kisby, the I mean, we all said, and you mentioned it earlier that you know you can't concede inside that first twenty minutes. And like like Sam's just said there, you know. Everybody knew that Wednesday were going to come out fighting. They had no choice. The crowd were up for it. Fergie even said in his pre-match interview that that's what they're expecting. So I don't understand why they seem so surprised and rattled by that. And the definition of that ultimately was Ward's ridiculous decision to make a tackle that didn't need to be made, that ultimately conceded that penalty early on. I mean, it was... It was like Wednesday caught them blindsided and I can't get my head around that because the world and his wife knew that Wednesday were going to come flying out of the blocks. Well, they had to. They had no other option, did they? Because they had to score early because they knew that if they didn't score in the first half, if they hadn't scored in the first half an hour, we would have won that game. There was there was two ways we could win that game. Stop them scoring in the first half an hour or we score in the first half an hour. If either of those two things had happened, we would have walked that game. But, of course, we didn't play to our strengths. What we should have done what we should have done in that game is gone in pretending it was nil-nil, i.e. we need to play an honest game, not a defensive game, not an overly attacking game, just an honest game of football, because all of a sudden that game would have fizzled out because to score four goals in, in a game is not impossible. You know, you see it fairly regularly, but it's difficult to score four if you don't get going, if you don't get started early. And to say to a team... Here's a goal. Here's a penalty. So here's a goal for you. It was 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 crazy. What we needed to do, play an honest game of football, and we never did. We, in fact, we went very defensive, defensive in inverted commas for the posh at half time. And I thought, right, that's it. We've given up because all all that happened is Wednesday will pummel us for the next forty five minutes plus, and we'll score goals against us. We know that we cannot defend very well when we're under pressure our defense is best when there's no pressure on it the last couple of games we've taken off the pressure apart from the very last game we played we took the pressure off the defense hence why it looked good Norris has looked a lot better recently up until a couple of games ago I thought Norris was the worst keeper I'd ever seen for the posh he was that bad I thought and more recently he's pulled off some magnificent saves right but I think we took the pressure off the defence and all of a sudden we thought, hang on a minute, let's go back to trying to defend the lead because that's been very successful for the posh, hasn't it? Never. And that's what I couldn't understand, you know, to go try and go defensive. It's never good. The best, it's a cliche I know, but I'm going to say it, the best form of defence is attack. And that's a million times, times a million for the posh. We get the ball in the opposition area we don't have to worry about our defence, but we never try to do that. And as much as I love Fergie, and I do, and I praise him to high heel every single time I come on here, 
I think he got it totally and utterly wrong. And I think he 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 somehow has forgotten why he was so, so successful initially with the posh. I attack, attack, attack. And we didn't attack, did we? And therefore we didn't score. And they scored. And and it was just a A follows B out follows C follows D. And and we knew what was going to happen. I knew what was going to happen. Everyone knew what was going to happen. And it happened. And that's yeah, a I, disappointing thing for me. I, I, I do I do buy all that. But actually, the, the one bit I disagree with there is we got to half time and we're 2 0 down. Wednesday have got all the momentum. But actually, I wasn't. it wasn't until the second half that I started to think we're in trouble here because we did have chances in that first period. We had moments where we looked in control. We looked quite good going forward. We were moving the front three around really, really well. And it was just a case of we didn't find that that killer touch at the end. And at half time, I'm thinking, well, Wednesday have got to keep going because they still need two more goals. There'll be space that opens up. People will get tired. The crowd can't keep this level of energy up for 90 minutes. And so to then come out and play how we did in the second half was was the real disappointment for me because if we'd carried on how we played in in the first half Kisby I actually think we would have been given opportunities it, it just they just seemed to go into their shell at half time and they never came out I, the amount of times I've seen a team that's 2-0 down draw a game 2-2 at the end of the, the, the the game i've seen it many 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 times and that was in the situation we were in wasn't it we were two nil up at half time sort of thing but it was a weird one because they'd obviously you won't see you won't see this happen for another hundred years in football because it was such a bizarre set of circumstances you don't get a team that will win four nil one day and then a few days later lose four nil to the same team it's such a bizarre occurrence but you can, when you've watched the post this season, you can sort of understand why it's happened if we don't play to our strengths. And and that was the trouble. We just needed a goal. And you say about we had opportunities in the first half, but we didn't take them. Exactly. That's why we lost. It was a bit like Sheffield Wednesday had their opportunities in that first leg. They had a one-on-one very early on that game. If they'd have put that in, that game would have been totally different, but they didn't. And the one or two other chances they had, they didn't take. And it was exact, it was almost a mirror image. I was watching the same game just with people in different color shirts for the second leg. It was exactly the same. We had one or two good opportunities and we didn't take it. And once we get the momentum in football, it's a psychological thing, it's a mental thing. Once you get that momentum, which Wednesday had, they had the backing of a massive crowd as well, which is, you know, always helpful. And and we just we just, we did we bottled it we we did the wrong tactics and we bottled it we just didn't go for it and we looked shell shocked and everyone was shell shocked and it was just a, it, it, you can't take anything from that it was a disaster in every single second of that game just a total and utter disaster and it led to us getting nothing out of that game. Dan, how were, were you feeling at half time? Were you kind of echoing where I'm at in terms of they've got to come at us if we keep going? There'll be a chance because one goal would have been enough. Is that how you were feeling? Yeah, absolutely. I, there, there wasn't a nervous fan in. Sorry, there wasn't a an unnervous fan in the entire away end at half time. You know, two nil. It's the exact scenario we didn't want to find ourselves in. You know, you keep that to one goal. 
or no goals, we're we're home and dry. You know, we can we can just about survive that. But you know, they've got all the momentum, and, and you know that they're, they're halfway there, and you sat there thinking, oh, I can't see them not doing it. And then, you know, obviously the second half starts, they don't score till the seventieth minute, and you you know before that goal goes, and you're thinking, oh, we might we might actually get this, we might do it, just about. You know, skin of our teeth, but we might just do it. And then they get the goal, and they've got all the momentum again. The fans get their energy back, and it's 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 horrible. It's horrible. And it's it's, it's as Kisby said, and as Sam said, you know, Fergie got it wrong from the first minute. I don't mind the lineup. I honestly don't. I think I might be one of the only posh fans that that would say the lineup it. I think, was right. The lineup, yeah, was the lineup right. would have been right if the tactics were right, and the tactics were so exactly. wrong because. If you're going to play defensively, you need to start the defensive players. And you're playing an attacking lineup in an attacking formation with the plan to sit behind the ball and just clear it every time. We were playing like it was the 85th minute from the first. It was completely wrong. And, you know, Darren Ferguson is an experienced manager. I can't understand how he thought that that would be the way to play it. We absolutely dominated the first leg. We should have capitalized on that and gone out swinging. But instead, we set up wrong from the first minute and then at halftime took off half of our offensive threat. And by doing that and then starting the second half how we start, should have started the first half, if that was the game plan, we're just asking them to attack and, and begging for them to attack. And we took out all threat. And by doing that, they started throwing up those last few players that they were keeping back. You know, they weren't throwing everything at us the first half. They were trying to score. Yeah, of course they were. And then we're pumping it into the box, but not every man was there. You take off half our attacking threat, you take off half our pace, of course they're going to throw everyone forward. And then they bring on Aiden Flint. And God, I fucking hate Aiden yeah. Flint. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't agree. Honestly, can't agree anymore, Dan, because you're absolutely right. It clearly had that sort of mentality of let's defend heavily in the first half, prove that they couldn't do it under pressure. So then his answer was to to take off the counter-attacking threat that we had. It, you know, when you, you put it like that, it's impossible to to kind of point the finger at anyone else. I mean, yes, the players perhaps didn't cover themselves in glory, but yeah, ultimately, Sam, it, if, you know, Fergie's got that wrong. And, and in the second half, obviously, Rhys James scored um, the third. And, and I think... Probably most posh fans at that point are knowing what's coming. As it transpired, it, it got through to the 98th minute, which, as Sky told us many, many times, is how many points Wednesday finished the uh, the season. It was 96 they finished on, wasn't it? As they told us many, many times. Should have only been 96 minutes played, of course, but we got that uh, cheeky little two minutes extra of um, reverse Fergie time. As you quite rightly said earlier, I actually do think that was... Genuine, you're waving at me, Dan. Go on. Yeah, it was genuine. Do you know what, though? It's a matter of three seconds. That yeah, player it was went last down the game. as the no, 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 the, the amount of added time. Oh, okay. It, so if he'd gone down like three, four seconds before he actually did, nowhere near enough, nowhere near the amount of added time that they were given would have been added. But because he went down after the board went up, and literally the board went up and he sat down. They got that extra like minute, and oh, oh, I hate football. I really do. I hate football. It, it, it all it all just feeds into that subplot, doesn't it, Sam? Of how it's almost like somebody wrote a script last night. Some sick, twisted person wrote a script last night. Um, I'm sure for the neutrals, it was a hell of a game to watch. But um, 
yeah, yeah. It, it just that second half wasn't wasn't fun my, my wife came back from work this evening and she said oh in the office one of my colleagues said it was one of the greatest playoff matches ever and i said it absolutely was not <laughs> it was it was you know and i don't even think it would have been for the neutral because it was just an onslaught it was it was it was not back and forth at all really was it but um yeah well i mean we're just now the club that got relegated from the championship with the highest points total ever on the final day of the season in the final minutes of the season and um and have been you know on the end of the biggest playoff comeback or have thrown away the biggest playoff league whichever way you want to whichever way you want to phrase it but yeah, it's just it's just very, very difficult, very difficult to take. And um, yeah, you wish you could write the script because that's not what you, that's not the script you'd write. But it was um, it, it was just just so cruel. And I think we're all sort of playing back certain moments in our head. But, you know, I think I think what Dan said is is spot on, really. Um, we started the second half how we should have started the first if that was the game plan. And, and by taking off Burrows and Ward, because Sheffield Wednesday were playing those three at the back, they could do, you know, the old Sheffield United tactic and they have wing backs, but then the, the, the two either side of the Heckway, the author and James could get forward as well. And lo and behold, James scores the third because he's high up the pitch for a left-sided centre-back because he's got no pressure on him because, you know, Clark Harris couldn't win a, an individual battle and there was no one near him. The gap between him and the three behind him was, was, was huge. Um, and like I said, we were just asking for it. We deserved everything we got that was coming to us. It was, it was, it was a disgraceful performance all round. Yeah, I'm going to come back to you about Clark Harris, Sam, uh, in just a moment. So I, I want to talk to you about um, captain's duties. But, but just quickly, Dan. Uh, obviously, we, we went into extra time after that 98th minute equaliser. And a strange old, I mean, much in keeping with the game, really strange old 30 minutes of football. Um, Posh obviously scored first. Uh, weirdly. I didn't really celebrate. It was, I think by that point, I was so numb that it was, it never, I mean, obviously I celebrated, but, but not really. It was just a strange old 30 minutes of football. I guess the main sort of real um, kind of talking point leading into that is, is um, should we have had, well, it wouldn't have been a penalty, it would have been a free kick. Should they have had a, a defender sent off um, for a last man tackle? I know that uh, this has sparked a little bit of debate in, in our group chat in that, I'm the only person that thinks no, and you all think yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, just just sum up that that extra time for us down in terms of how it was there, what the the atmosphere was like, and how it played out. Well, well first and foremost, I think it's it's quite funny you mentioned the red car because I think we should have had one much earlier than that in the second half. Um, there was uh, a tackle from Barry Bannon in, for which he got a yellow card, which was quite right, and then about two minutes later he snapped another player and that one was much more, I don't know, vicious, if, if that's the word. There was a lot more intent in the second tackle and the ref barely even looked at it. For me, that was an absolute stonewall yellow card. Should have been a red and he should have been gone. Um, but no, of course, because he's their best player and the EFL likes a script for the big teams, he, he was allowed to remain and... Allegedly. And sets up, <laughs> yeah, and, and sets up the winner, doesn't he? No, that, yeah, the second half... Look, I've, I've got a biased opinion, of course I have, and I was not in the most advantageous position in the ground. If you've ever been to Hillsborough, the away end is shocking and you've got no vision. Um, it's, yeah, for me it was a red, but... 
you know, I, I can only see from the back end of the pitch. I'm not seeing from the, the benefit of a camera where you've got all the angles and you can make that that more astute decision. But it, it just seemed like everything was going wrong for us, really, didn't it? And when we score in extra time, the away end goes absolutely nuts. You know, everyone was screaming, hugging, cheering. I thought someone was going to start crowd surfing down the uh, down down the uh, down the alleyway. And it's, it's yeah, just to have it so horribly snatched away from us in such a long period of time. From you know, from minute one to minute ninety eight. We were never in that game, but we we always felt that we could just about cling on to it until they score with the last kick of the game. And then we get it back and you think, oh, we might do it again. It's, you know, it's almost as if we lost three games in one last night. It was it was horrible. And then, of yeah, course, penalties. Yeah, great. That's a great summary. It really is. And as soon as it went to penalties, there was only ever one winner. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, just quickly, Sam, with uh, with penalties, obviously we've mentioned Barry Bannon a lot, as did Sky. I'm pretty sure they're on commission every time they, they mentioned his name. Um I mean, there's no doubt in that he cares about that club and he he leads from the front. I, I just, I mean, ignoring what JCH did in the 120 minutes, because let's be honest, he didn't do a lot. I think his heat map was was probably about a, a one metre square box really last night. But just going into penalties, what we saw was uh, Bannon firing up the crowd, celebrating the fact that, that they were kicking against the cop end. He was doing everything he could to keep the atmosphere going. He was rousing the players. He was getting everybody together. He was high-fiving the keeper. Uh, Clark Harris, by contrast, was stood there with his hands on his hips, um, just waiting for for his turn. Um, and again, I'm I'm not necessarily blaming him for everything, but but do you think that he stepped up to his role last night? I think I think no is the answer to that. But and I think everyone didn't step up to their role last night. I mean, it was interesting, wasn't it, when Butler missed? It was Nathan Thompson who was the first person over to to Butler. And you're right with, with the penalties, you know, every time Sheffield Wednesday scored, obviously they, they had the vociferous home crowd, but the players, the, the, the management staff, they were really pumped up for it. And every time we scored, it was like, oh, God, that's a relief. Another one got through. And, and, and that was how our body language was all night. Um, and it was just, it, just so disappointing on that side of things. So, yeah, I think with JCH, you know, we've seen, him be a natural leader on a number of occasions, you know, when he got the armband towards the end of last season. And I think as much as we didn't really want to pick out individuals in the 4-0 home win, likewise, we probably shouldn't be picking out too many individuals this time around, with the exception of Ronnie Edwards, who I thought was was our best player again, just so calm on the ball um, and actually won a lot of his individual battles, unlike other people. 
Um, but yes, of course, in those situations, you want your leader, you want your captain to come forward and, and really, really get the team inspired. And, you know, it just wasn't a performance where you felt like your captain was really getting you through it and, and spurring on everyone else. And um, yeah, it was obviously disappointing to see. But then there were so many disappointing things on Thursday night that, um, yeah, as I say, it does feel harsh to, to pick one person out in particular. But when you know he can be as good as he can be, and again, in extra time, he started to win some of those battles and back in and win the free kicks and get us up the pitch. Um, it just it, it highlighted how poor the performance was from him, that we just the ball never stuck up front and it just kept coming back. And then, yeah, I think, as you've said, Tim, the leadership qualities were, were very different during the penalty shootout. Yeah, and it, I, I mean, it, it is unfair to, to pick out individuals in a poor team performance, but I don't think it is unfair to pick out Clark Harris because... We know that he's better than what he showed us last night. There's multiple players on the pitch that you could levy that at, but as the captain, he does have to take um, responsibility for that. Uh, Kisby, I mean, uh, you know, it's that old adage, isn't it? And I know you love a cliche of, of matches aren't played on paper, but um, we actually bossed the ball in terms of uh, possession, pass accuracy, etc. So, so we had the lion's share of possession. We were better at passing the ball consistently. Um, we had... Uh, a lower XG, of course, but that's probably down to the fact that they ended up with 28 shots, 12 of which were on target, um, to our eight shots, three of which were were on target. It was, um, from an attacking point of view from Wednesday, it, it was it was a dominant performance. Um, but with those stats aside, the, the, the focus after the first leg was all about how shit Wednesday were rather than how good posh were. Do you think that, that's the same last night. Do you think it was that Posh were poor or were Wednesday just too good? Right. Sheffield Wednesday are a very good footballing team. When they came down here, I know we did beat them 2-0, but I felt they were a better side than us up to the point they got a man sent off. So I think if it had been an honest game, 11 aside, I think they would have beaten us. But I don't think they were head and shoulders above us. Um, obviously, at their place, again, they didn't muller us, did they? It was 1-0. You know, I don't think we had a single shot on target in that game. So, you know, we're unlikely to score, to be fair, if we're not having a shot on target. Um, they are a good side. There's no... before. It's, it's just weird. It's like an alternative reality. It's like, I don't know, something out the twilight zone this last few days has been. Because going into those playoffs, I thought to myself, if we can avoid a defeat at London Road and get a draw or something like that, or even if we can just lose 1-0, we will still be in it. We'll have a mountain to climb, but we can have a go at their place sort of thing. But I didn't expect us to win. Once we'd mullered them 4-0, and we were well worth that 4-0, to be honest with you, I thought, right, that's it. We're going to go through. But we didn't. But they are a very good side, and that was the trouble. I mean, for me, JCH... He gets a lot of criticism, I think, and he's been very good for us this season. He's scored a lot of goals. Is he the second top scorer in the league or something? Um, but he doesn't always perform. He doesn't always perform. And, OK, he clearly didn't perform last night. I think that's a fair comment. I, I don't think many of them did perform. Um, as, a, as a leader, he's perhaps not a natural... He's not a Mick Housel, is he? He's not a natural leader, I think. I think he's... He can come across a little bit arrogant sometimes, a little bit thinking, well, I'm here, so everything's going to go right. Well, there's more to it to be a leader than that. You've got to lead by example sometimes. And I think 
that's where we failed um, last night. I don't think there was any leaders on that pitch to lead by example, because even if Fergie's told you to play one way, if you see that way not, not working, you as the leader on the pitch need to step up. You need to lead by example and, and, and tell people how to start playing if it's clear that it's not being effective. So to me, there's just nothing to take from that game at all. I just, I just don't see any positives whatsoever. And when there's no positives in a game like that, you're going to, you're going to get what you deserve. And we got what we deserved in the end. You know, I never thought we were going to win that when it was going to penalties. I never thought we were going to win that. And, and you have to give credit to Sheffield Wednesday. You do have to give credit to them because it's not just a collapse on our half. That's part of it, fifty percent of it. But I think Sheffield Wednesday stood up for the game in in the end, and you know, and fair play to them, fair play to them. That's what I say. They're a good side, and they probably deserve to be there. A damn sight more than we deserve to be there. On you know, how many games did we lose? Seventeen was it? And they lost six or whatever it was. It was perhaps they deserve to be there. Sky correspondent now, Matt, talking about how. uh... How well they did across the course of the season. They're a good side. There's no denying that. And I think we're just so pissed off with it all because we were just buzzing after that first game. Like I say, the probably the best game I've ever seen. And it wasn't over, but we were in such a strong position that even now you think, how did we mess that up? How did we mess that up? Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, the thing is, uh, Kisby, Dan, I know that you're on, you're both on opposite ends of the spectrum around Fergie, and in a moment, you're both going to be getting one minute. That's one minute, Kisby, each to make your case as to why. Is that one, one minute of Fergie time or one minute, one minute of Kisby time? Uh, we're getting a minute uh, each in a moment to make a case as to why or why not Fergie should or shouldn't be here next year. Um, just quickly, uh, Sam, we, we, we do need to talk about Ferguson, but I just want to quickly read you a statement that's been released um, by the manager this evening. So um, he says, on behalf of the management team and the players, I want to thank the supporters for their incredible backing of the team, particularly in the last couple of weeks at Barnsley on the final day and in the playoff games against Sheffield Wednesday. The atmosphere at the Western Western Home Stadium in the first leg was one of the best in all my years that I've been with the club. I think it is important to also give a lot of credit to the players for their efforts They've been fantastic since they came back to the club and came a minute away from reaching the playoff finals in a hugely competitive league. Interesting, Sam, what he's done there. Um, I wasn't expecting anything along those kind of lines from him, if I'm honest. Uh, Do you think that is a farewell message or otherwise? How do you perceive that? Um, It has tones of a farewell message about it. But I think that the one thing that isn't in there that I, I guess, would have liked to have seen from a from a fan perspective, and I don't think necessarily that it that it should be an apology. I'm I'm not necessarily of that mindset. I know some people are thinking apology should be given. Some some people don't think it should be given. Um, I'm not necessarily thinking it it should. But I I think you know we're all hurting today. We're all feeling a lot of emotions, and there's there's nothing in there about the second leg, about last night and about how how he's feeling or how the players are feeling or how incredibly gutting it was. And I just that just felt missing. It was conspicuous by its absence for yeah. me that that wasn't in there. Um, 
you know, he's obviously got to got to praise the players. And, you know, I think actually it's it, it's him that deserves the credit for getting us in the playoffs, for getting the most out of those players to, to, to get us in there. And we know they are good players on their day. You know, we beat Plymouth 5-2. We won 2-0 at Barnsley. We beat Derby 2-0 at home. We beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-0 at home. We beat them 4-0 at home. Um, so we know those players are, are good enough in League One on the day. And he's got to... He's got to give them praise, even if it feels badly timed after last night. But yeah, I just would have liked to have got a sense of how he was feeling and that he was sharing this pain as a you know posh person through and through as well. Um, so yeah, that was a, that was a shame that wasn't in there. But it, it has tones of a farewell about it, doesn't it? It's going to be interesting to see. And I think again, we've said why we're feeling like we're feeling after the game is because of the first leg and then the second leg. Also, because what's been great these last few weeks is it's kind of taken away from all the off-field stuff that's been going on this season with the stadium, with the owners, with the old chief exec, the suspension of the, the suspended points deduction. You know, there's been there's been problem after problem after problem that we've obviously churned over um, through the season. Um as fans have on the terraces, on social media, in person, in the pub, before games, after games. And, and it's been a real escape from that the past couple of weeks. And again, now it's like, OK, what's going to happen over the summer? Who's going to go? What's going to happen with the owners? What's going to happen with the stadium? How many are we going to need to sell to make up this alleged shortfall of cash that we've got? And are we going to be able to invest next season? And are we going to be competitive? So, um, yeah, we're back with all those questions now. And it's been nice not to have to think about that for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. And obviously what's going to happen with the manager is part of that as well. Of course. And it's like it has been a, you know, it has been a lovely break. It absolutely has in, in that respect. But ultimately his future is our next uh, question. And certainly, obviously there are issues that we need to, to deal with over the summer, but his appointment or not appointment, however it's going to play out, will be the, the first of them. I mean, I don't think there's any dispute in that he he is great at this level. However, he brings a lot of divisiveness now amongst the fan base. And I wonder if that alone is enough for us to um, start to ask questions. In fact, it's not just the fan base where he's providing divisiveness now. I don't know if anyone saw last night what Christy Pym put on Instagram um, after the game. So uh, Christy put a, uh, a post on his story that just said managerial masterclass with the eyes looking shifty uh, emoji um it's not for us to comment on relationship between christy and darren but there is no doubt that that's incredibly unprofessional and irrespective of what happens to darren ferguson i'm not sure that christy pym has the personal attributes for somebody that we necessarily want at the club now uh fergie and out me we've done this for the very last time i promise this is the last one this is without a shadow of a doubt the last fergie and out meter Again, it shifted as we would have expected. So we asked Fergie in or Fergie out. Fergie in was 43%, Fergie out 
percent uh one comment one comment on this from dave f says if he wants to stay i'd give him a three-year deal to rebuild a squad worthy of getting promoted to the championship i suspect he won't want it unless he gets some assurances about backing from owners whoever comes in is facing a three to five year rebuild project in my opinion okay so dan you are of the opinion that fergie should not be our manager next season is that correct correct Okay, so you will have one minute to make your case as to why you believe this to be the case. So I will let you know when you've got 10 seconds left by giving you a thumbs up whenever you are ready. Take it away. I, I don't really think I need to make much of a case here at all. Um, anyone who watched the game last night should be of the same opinion as me that he's run his course. 5-1 in the playoff semi-final is an absolute disgrace. He's done it four times, and every single time it's ended in disaster and heartbreak. Why on earth would we give him more time at the club? But even then, even with all this, we know we will. And in a couple of years, we'll all be saying, Hi Fergie, welcome back to the club for a fifth spell. And a couple of years after that, it will be a sixth spell, because that's the way we do business, apparently. Darren McAntony is absolutely obsessed with Darren Ferguson, and I don't know why. But the simple matter of fact is, is that we need a different manager. There are better managers out there at this level that we can take, we can pay, and we can build with. Okay, that's your minute. A passionately well-put point. I can't really disagree with any of that. Uh, Kisby, ball is in your court then. Um, you wish Fergie to remain at the club going into next season if you would like to make your case starting now yeah um i think it's fair to say i i love fergie i love the success we've had under fergie i love the excitement we've had under fergie um he's not a perfect manager he made a mistake last night um no manager is perfect certainly no manager that's going to come to our club will be perfect um, when McCann was in his death rows, um, a friend of mine who stands next to me on London Road says, we're going to finish mid-table. And I said, this team is better than that. I said, we will finish sixth and then we'll go out in the playoffs. And that's what happened. If Fergie hadn't have been at our club for the last third of the season, we would not be having this conversation about being beaten by Sheffield Wednesday in the playoffs because we wouldn't have got in the playoffs. And even I thought at one or two points in the season that that was it, we'd blown it. But he got us into those playoffs. And I think that shows how he is a good manager for Peter United. He's not a perfect manager, but he's a very, very good. And for the amount of excitement <laughs> he brought and for the amount of, hold on, I haven't had a minute yet. I mean, you're into about a minute and a half at this point, but I mean, oh, we would expect no less from you, Kisby, to be fair. <laughs> But for the for the excitement that he brings to this club, and that's what football's about. Yeah, it's about winning, obviously. But he brings a lot of excitement and controversy. And I've enjoyed the ride under him. Why? Sorry. Barnsley have just scored then. Barnsley have just fucking scored. Get in! I, don't, I honestly don't know how you can subject yourself to that tonight. I'm, I'm Barnes, Barnsley are a good side. No, I expect I'm surrounded to... by Bolton fans at work. Uh, yeah, I know, to be fair. Yeah, I, I'm aware of that. Um. Weirdly, if we were in the championship, I'd be more strong on an out. Um, yes. Because him plus posh plus the championship just hasn't worked too many times. But him plus posh plus League One has worked quite a lot. Um, 
which is why I was a bit more uncertain. The thing is, we probably um, won't have a club next season because I still think Randy will call in the loans and force D-Mac's hand. So I think we will go through a lot of changes. I, I honestly don't think worrying about the manager will be at least of our problems next season. I think we could implode as a... As a, as a I hate to agree with you, Kisby, but I... I... Would not be surprised at all if we are in administration or close to it by this time next well, year. To, to be honest with you, let's put it this way: as much as we all argue in the in the group chat, I think the owners will probably be arguing a damn sight more. What we've done is we're hitting our head against a glass ceiling, haven't we? That that we've been doing for fifteen years fundamentally. You know, doing very well in League One, and even this season we've done pretty well, to be fair. And and yet. That's it. That's as far as we go. We go into the championship occasionally and fail miserably, and it's rinse and repeat. And and perhaps we do need mega mega change, and and that will hopefully allow us to break through that glass ceiling that we keep hitting our heads against for the last fifteen odd years. And I don't know. There's there's a lot of variables, a lot of uncertainty. I think going forward, but. Um, yeah, I think I think you've got to take reflection now, though. You've got to think, okay, we're all hurting, we're all majorly pissed off, like you wouldn't believe, and you've just got to say, right, let's give it a few weeks, let things settle down, and see where we are for the next season. But I think there's going to be a lot of changes, and whether they're for the good or not, we'll see, won't we? At the end of the day, can I can I just put something to the group? Fergie included. Two names for manager, purely thinking football side. Let's let's forget everything off the pitch. Purely football. Two names for manager, including Fergie, if you want it, for next season. Jim Gannon, Mark Cooper. Trouble is, you're asking the wrong question. You should be asking who wants to come to us. That's the question. And they're not going to be beating down our door, are they? All the top managers are not going to be beating down the door because we seem as though we are a good League One side. That's what we see. And that's what we are. So, but I'm not suggesting well beaters, Kisby. I'm not suggesting that we go out and get Sam Allardyce or Neil Warner. <laughs> then why, why bother changing Fergie then? Because we're not going to get any better because we know that. That's the point. Yeah, but it's, a, it's, a fruitless, it's a fruitless conversation anyway because Fergie's already done a deal. It, Fergie will be here next year. It's, it's I think so, 100%. I think the agreement was, the, the gentleman's agreement was, as long as you're not a complete disaster, you're in here next season. And he hasn't been a complete disaster up until last night. when he you can't say that. Up until is not a, is not a, a suitable explanation. You know, losing yeah, yeah. 5-1 in the semi-final of the playoffs <laughs> is an absolute disaster. The only it reason was, I could... up until that point, it done... You know, eight out of ten sort of thing, hadn't he? He'd done very well, not very, very well, but he'd done well, I thought. And he he did pull our season around. He did pull our season around. We wouldn't have been in the playoffs without him. And he got us into the playoffs, so that's that's good. Okay. But you've also got to then do something in the playoffs, haven't you? And he did, you know, fifty percent of that in the first leg. It was just the slight unpleasantness for ninety-eight and a half minutes in the second leg that has pissed us off all right well let us know on twitter which side of the fence uh, whether you're team kisby or team dan should fergie be here 
next season or not. Also, told a little white lie at the start of this episode when I said it was the final episode of the 2022-23 campaign. We've actually talked way longer about the Wednesday game than what we anticipated. So what we're going to do, just because you love hearing our dulcet tone so much, we're going to give you a little bonus episode uh, in a week or two where we will look back over this season once the uh, pain of last night has settled and hopefully we're feeling slightly more positive. We will look ahead to the summer, look back at this season, look ahead to next season. And most importantly, we will be crowning our host of the season, along with all our other award winners. You can still get nominated at the Yellow Block. Please website. don't vote for Jared. Just anyone other than Jared, please. Yeah, well, he's not got his Twitter bots to play with this year. So we'll see. Uh, make sure you tune in for that, though. Thanks for listening to this episode. I say, well, we're back in a week or two to look back over the season when it doesn't hurt quite so much. Thanks for listening. Up the posh. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.